The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Islanders Country, hello. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fansided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at IslesFifths. Subscribe to our Monday through Friday newsletter. And while you're at it, why don't you buy a copy of New York Islanders A to Z. portion of the proceeds goes to the Islanders Children's Foundation. And I'm joined here once again. I missed him terribly after last week. That's Mr. Andy Francis. How are you, sir? How you doing? And I like how you imply that you missed me last week. I was available last week. We take dual responsibility. Oh, wait. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, I reach out to this guy on Monday which has generally been our podcast day. Nope, can't do it. Taking my brother out for this outlandishly lavish, expensive <laughs> steakhouse in Florida. He's posting photos of the prime rib, the ribeye, tomahawks, everything on this. And all the sides. I said, I said, I'll, I'll tape it as soon as I get back. And I know sometimes, I mean, it's not that much later than it is right now when we're taping. We usually tape at night. Gave you the next, we off, we many times have taped Mondays and Tuesdays. Gave you the Tuesday. And now look, I'm not trying to say it's on you. I'm trying to say it's on us. Well, then we also had the option of Thursday after the Penguins game. I said, hey, this could be fun. It's a big game. We'll do a live reaction. And could you imagine how great of a show that would have been after the Islanders' thrilling two-goal comeback in the Thursday third? Thursday was Nelson on me. Wins it you in don't have to finish. And then he texts me back. You don't have I don't to finish. Have to... Thursday was on me. Okay. I, I want to know how Thursday went because, you know, the podcast, I mean, hopefully it went well on Thursday that uh, I was I was chosen over – someone else's company i'll put it that way <laughs> well anyway for all those people who you know they needed a break from me right things were getting tense between me and the reviewers so i think maybe a week off we both got to really think about like, you know what maybe we should call a truce or not we'll see we'll see Sh- should we talk about that we can talk about that we've last few episodes we've had we've kind of read directly some good and some very negative uh, feedback for, for Andy <laughs> Francis as a co-host. And I think, you know, we were wondering who are our listeners at this point? You know, are these people loving the show and they're just not vocal about it? Well, basically people have come to the defense in droves of Andy and this show in the last couple of weeks in terms of the ratings. And we've gotten around 30 to 40 five-star reviews, one more flattering than the next. 
since the last but, episode? You know, I'm not saying I'm Beyonce, but you know when somebody publicly insults Beyonce, all the little, you know, Beyonce horde goes out there and defends her on social media if somebody slanders her. The beehive. If, yeah, the bee the beehive descended upon the iTunes slash Apple podcast reviews. And that was just like the first layer. That was the pawns. Can you imagine if, if, if they went there in full force? Imagine if we sent the full troops. That's just the fringe army that got sent there. So uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, uh, zombie Zilch or something like something that? Something like that. <laughs> if he's going to want to put a dent in that, he better know a bunch of click farms in Singapore because it's going to take a whole hell of a lot more than one to tank it. We already got the uptick in the numbers. So if you want to try to nose, and remember, you're not nose diving me because this podcast will probably be here after me. You're just kind of screwing the next guy who may be, you, you might love my the next guy. ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you never know. Joe, this book might take off, then you're going to be a best-selling author, uh, author, and then you're gone. I mean, that book is is great, by the way. When you got the actual New York Islanders, I'm so happy that the New York Islanders actually tweeted about it and talked about it because usually if somebody wants to affiliate themselves with me, they now have to turn off all opportunities <laughs> with the actual franchise. So good for you. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, they've been great uh, around the marketing power. Corey Wright, uh, beautiful article he wrote about it, and then they put it out on social media. It, it's been it's been quite surreal. I am enjoying the the book promotional tour. Every time I do an interview, I, I feel like I forget something else I want to say, but I get usually another opportunity pretty quickly to to uh, to get into it. But just quickly before we get into Islanders hockey, which we think that the reason why you're listening, just some of the reviews: charming, witty, devilishly handsome. Uh, entertaining, good balance, great insight, laughter. You know, I just do yourself a favor. You must subscribe. Respectable, a respectable debate, incredible banter, perfect balance of positivity and negativity. I mean, on and on and on. Well, even that person was being a little nice. I will admit once in a while, the balance beams. I think I am a Libra, although I don't subscribe to any of that scam ideology. But I think oh, my, my wife my does. Oh, if my, my wife God. is looking at her phone intently... She's reading a Susan Miller uh, horoscope every time. Every horoscope applies to everybody. There will be We've decisions that will shape many things. Mercury is always in retrograde. Always. The permanent retro. Oh, that's another scam that I talked about with those things. Like It's like, wait a minute. I have two childhood friends, two separate friends. All three of us are Libras. We are three of the most different people you can ever imagine. I'm talking about one can drink 35 beers in a night, one doesn't touch a sip of alcohol, one is dead quiet, one doesn't stop talking. And then I tell this to one of these horoscope people, they go, oh, well, well you know, because one of you was born on a waxing moon and then another was born on a wet. There's always another layer of lies. Yeah. Well, so we had, there's no we accountability. We had our daughter, the doctor wanted us to come in to get induced, to have the baby, and it was going to be on September 22nd, and that's the cutoff of Virgo. And no offense to any Virgos listening, my wife did not want to have a Virgo. Don't do well with Geminis, apparently, like myself. So we had to call the doctor and say, hey, can we delay so that uh, we can be a, a Libra? <laughs> like you. You hold, you hold that. Oh, You're a Libra. Wow. Congratulations. You, you, congratulations. You got a Libra. Aren't you thrilled? <laughs> 
All right. So well, how about we talk about those Islanders? Let's talk these about the Islanders. Probably so getting angry. Overall, you got to be ecstatic about where they're at. Um, obviously, we we talked about we didn't have an opportunity to talk last week where they had this really strong week against these teams in Buffalo and winning the game in Pittsburgh and the game against Detroit. And as we sit here today on this Monday, they actually own their own destiny. For the first time in a while, we've been so fixated in all these games in hand and all oh, Buffalo's got five games in hand and the Islanders only lead them by four points, et cetera. There's no team right now that's trailing them that can catch them just by winning their extra games. Um, so that's kind of a big deal in that we've been just so focused on that for the last few weeks that now it's just a matter of can you take care of business? And that's what's facing them heading into this back to back with the Kings and Anaheim Tuesday and Wednesday. I think something happened that you didn't notice during this stretch between episodes. And I told you, said, what's it going to take to get you back in? Do you remember what I said? The only way you'll ever get me back in is if the it Islanders multiple, blank. Multiple games of one or two it, goals it allowed. It was eight games straight of three goals allowed or fewer. And they hit that versus Pittsburgh. It was eight games in a row. Wow. Okay. And in Perfect Islander fashion. I go, all right, guys, you did it because defense wins. And that's exactly what's got you back into the playoff picture. You lost your best player. And then you were able to get back into the playoff picture despite not having your best player. Why is that? Because defense will always be the answer. And they defaulted to the system that I wished they had played the whole time. And then they got back into it. Eight straight games of three goals or fewer. So I go, all right. I'm back. You got me. Let's continue our defensive ways. No more inconsistent performances. Eight straight defensive games. And then they go right back to the inconsistent style of hockey and lose five to one or whatever. That was a was weird game, though. Like, it I was. That was a stinker or a clunker. Or they didn't show. Like, I looked at the advanced stats after that game on natural stat trick. And, you know, they let in Corsi. They let in Fenwick. They had more... It, even though they only had 19 shots on goal, I think they had more scoring chances than Washington. It was a strange type of it, game. It's not even about that. Had a lot of momentum, but there was something missing. I think Matt Martin said there was something a little off, and it felt that way. But like I've seen no-show performances, that that wasn't it. It's about the nature of those other games where it felt like the Jets were going multiple periods without even getting a chance. And that takes extreme focus, commitment, and attention to detail. They went on a winning streak. They accumulated points. And, you know, like Larry David would say, they think they're better. They think that they thought that they were better than they actually were. And it's like, all right, well, now Washington, we can get through this one no problem because they had a half mail-in performance for the most part against Pittsburgh, got through that one. And I think they started feeling themselves a little bit. But the awesome. only reason they got back into it was the extreme attention to detail in their own end, which was not there versus Washington. And interestingly enough, I think about, you know, is this a differently coached team or they've been coached the same way and they're just now focusing on the things they should have been focusing all along? Because I've seen some quotes from Ryan Pulak and some others being like, yeah, we're not doing anything differently. We're just, you know, a little bit more dialed in and, you know, it's a shame that it took injuries to Matt Barzell and JG Pajot to somehow force them to do that. That's disappointing. I almost would rather know, actually, we were trying to mend these two styles together a little bit of Barry, a little bit of Lane, and we weren't really just figuring it out. So kind of now we went back to, you know, what served us well for three years. That's not what they're saying. They're saying that it's just a matter of attention, attention more to details, focus on the little things, 
accountability, responsibility in your own zone. I don't know. I haven't broken down the tape or have the access to the film to know which one is right, but at least that's what the players are saying. They're not pointing to a shift in the way they're being coached or what they're being asked to do. They're just saying, we're now finally doing it, which is kind of more Come annoying. On. You've already called them it. out. You've already called them out for gaslighting you all season about the the excuses they were making and they were rolling it over and over and over and over. So I'm not going to put much into their words and the reasons they're giving us. It's clear what it is. They realize they they don't have the ability to outscore teams. They collapsed in front of their net. They force teams to make mistakes and then try to counter hit them on, uh, hit them on like a two on one, rely on goaltending, put your Utilize your goalie as your strength and stack up in front of him and make it miserable for other teams. That's what they did. You can't say that this is just attention to detail. Absolutely not. They're stacking up the neutral zone. They're collapsing in front of Sorokin, and they're making it hard for teams to accumulate chances, high-quality chances. We didn't see that versus Washington. I really think they started feeling themselves a little bit, and they left gaps in their own, end, and there were a bunch of chances that came from uh, Washington in that game. And it's tough to say... Oh yeah, well the cor- yeah the Corsi can look one way, but when you look at how that game stacked up to all the other games in their previous stretch, other than Pittsburgh, where they also played poorly, but right now they played, you know, you could say now they played five out of six periods poorly, and now you're yes. going to be nervous if they play a bad game in LA, then you're going to go, okay, that's three straight performances where, um, outside of the third period in Pittsburgh, um, they weren't the better team. And uh, you're going to start to get a little bit nervous going into those back-to-backs, not back-to-backs, but the next two games against Anaheim and San Jose, which will be, you know, must-wins against teams that are outside the playoff picture, which are games the Islanders have struggled in. But listen, I get what you're saying. I, I'm just saying I, we'll, we don't know the answer as to what Lane Lambert really has been trying to get the team to do and what it is they have just decided to start doing. I, I don't know what the balance is. I know we had that that period where he was very active in practice and he was, you know, very hands-on and talking about boxing out and talking about winning battles. And it wasn't really necessarily a direct correlation from that practice to a different change in the game. It really just swapped when Barzell went out. And it was almost like they just looked at each other and said, well, we can't, we don't have no chance of winning the way we had been playing. The only way we can win is doing what you just said. And it took um, them losing their best playmaker to do it. It's, it's it's very unfortunate. Actually. It's yeah. very it's very unfortunate. I don't really want to say what it is because I don't need Zombie Zook to get all upset about it, whatever what that guy's name is. But you know that it's not good that it took this to make them realize. I mean, is this what three years under Barry did? They're willing to just throw away a season or something just to potentially have more freedom in the offensive end. But there, those games that they just played without Barzal. You saw guys like Nelson. They were just, they were not as willing to take chances to get an offensive opportunity. They made sure that they made the simple play. And it's no coincidence that Bo Horvat's points are down, but what he's doing to affect the games is way more important. If you're watching the games, game in, game out, do you want the Horvat that was scoring every other game with Barzal? And then they were blowing two goal leads to Vancouver. Or would you rather have Horvat making life a little bit miserable for the other team, winning key faceoffs, going to the net, doing what he has to do, being strong on the boards? 
It's just another question you got to ask yourself. Do you want the offensive Horvat so you can say the Islanders have a 40-50 goal score, or do you want a 30-goal score who's contributing to big wins like you've seen in these last Yeah, and there's some, you know, there's some fans that are posting side-by-sides of Anthony Beauvillier's production and what Bo Horvat's done so far. Horvat's got, you know, four goals, five assists. I think it's six goals and seven assists for, for Beauvillier so far. But it's almost like the fact that they lost Barzell We've gotten to see parts of Horvat's game that maybe we would not have seen if he was just playing on that top line with a focus on scoring goals. You mentioned, obviously, the face-offs, and he was always going to be a good, if not great, face-off man, but he's around a 60% clip now, I think, with the Islanders winning huge face-offs in those games. Um, he's even was forced into playing the penalty kill due to the injuries to Pajot and to Clutterbuck and to some others. Even got a shorthanded goal in Winnipeg and, and showed that he can be used there. And like you said, playing that you know, physical style. And, you know, I was reading back up on him and, you know, the Vancouver media was all over him about his inability to play a two-way game when he first came up into the league. And, you know, like his total career arch, it's something that he's worked in and pride himself in and he's matured as a player and he's shown he can be a two-way center and play that game. And honestly, whatever way is going to help the Islanders win, he's already got his contract. He's going to make the money he's going to make. (laughs) Just play the type of style that's going to help the team. It's contagious. And you see guys who are normally not good in their own end, like Brock Nelson, Bo Horvat didn't have a reputation. But when it, when everybody's doing their part, nobody wants to be the one to make that mistake. Nobody wants to be the one who's going to be greedy. And I think that resulted in the Islanders going on a run that's going to allow them a chance to see what they can continue to do the rest of the way. And uh, again, not by us having a show last week for for the reasons that we talked about already, which we won't get into again. Um, but we, uh, we got, we weren't able to talk about Hudson fashion, who obviously you've been singing his praises as have others um, about his, his style of play and his work ethic and his motor all year long. And he had probably two of his, you know, his better games where he got the limelight. I mean, the Islanders are playing on, uh, you know, ESPN and uh, you know, it's Hudson fashion getting the, you know, the post game, you know, interview after the game winner that went off his shin and in against the Buffalo Sabres. And then he kind of got the comeback started with the beautiful give and go with Casey Zizekas. And, um, you know, certainly everyone wants him back in the fold next year. Um, I read a piece that Andrew Gross did on, you know, the rise of Hudson fashing a couple of days ago. And he talked about how he just said to himself, you know, screw it. Like, I don't know when I'm going to have another shot like this. I'm going to just pretend that I'm a confident hockey player. And just go out there and see what happens. And, and that's how he's played. And uh, we'll see what they do with the lines. They were mixing them up at practice earlier today. Because now Clutterbuck is back. And in, in practice, they have the you know identity line back together. But Sezikis and Fashing have been so good. And that fourth line that they were mixing up, it was Fashing, Engval, and then, you know, Ross Johnson and Holmstrom. I don't know if I love that, you know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the bottom six looks like. And guess what? Your boy Josh Bailey back in the top line. <laughs> All right, maybe back back on back into the sports books. He may reappear. Usually it takes a one game reset, so like they need to see him there for a game and then they'll put him on there the next game. I disagree with putting him on that on that line. You have Clutterbuck who just came back. I'd rather not disrupt that fourth line, put Clutterbuck on that top line because then you have Lee who's obviously pretty strong on the boards. You have Horvat who plays a hard game, and then you also have Clutterbuck who plays a hard game and can keep it moving. Like Bailey is not going to be able to help on a D 
deep cycle where they're really grinding and trying to use their leverage. He's just going to hang high, try to find the open guy. I just think it's a bad chemistry mix. And obviously, yes, I know Clutterbuck is not like adding some star, but you saw what Matt Martin on that line was able to do because you had three guys who made it miserable on the four check. And I think Clutterbuck fits that style. And he's always had a little bit more of a finishing ability than Matt he's Martin. He's had a good shot. I, he always had a good shot, Clutterbuck. I would throw him on there. Where was that? I would throw him on there and not disrupt the fourth line. It's not like the top line, it matters. They're rotating other players. So you may as well give the shot to somebody who has a chance of fitting in opposed to pieces who we know what we're going to get. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're going to go that route, at least to start the game. Of course they're not. Against LA. And, um, you know, Pierre Engvall got his cameo with the top line and, Again, whether or not uh, they're protecting the player when they're talking about his inability or just um, the newness to what the style and the structure that the Islanders are trying to trying to teach and what he can do based upon where he's coming from on Toronto or that he's you know just at this point not got the trust of the coach. I'm not sure which one it is, but you know a couple of games in the top line and now he's playing you know on the on the fourth line he was playing with Bailey Clutterbuck. Yeah, Bailey and Clutterbuck against uh, the Capitals. Now he scored his first goal, a little bit lucky and incidental um, to do so. But, you know, we'll see what his role is. Although I don't think if everyone gets healthy, if Pajot comes back and he missed practice, but it was due to a personal reason today. So if he's back, you know, who's out of this lineup? Is it is it Holmstrom that you think is out I mean, of this I, lineup? I would, I would 100% take out Bailey. That I mean, and what I, I'm not saying this. Like, I'm not saying this like a fan. Like you know, I know. Like, oh, I'm thinking about Bailey because I we just don't. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, so I don't even bring it up. But they scratched him multiple times last season and early in this season this year. Uh, there was like hints of him, like you know, sitting and and they demoted him to the fourth line when everyone was healthy. He he played a few minutes a night. He was playing five minutes a night, and to me, that means the coaching staff knows there's an issue there. But because of these injuries, they're forced into playing because you you almost can't put a guy like him on the third line because the third line has defensive responsibilities and he's as slow as they come. So it's tough to put him on the third line. So then you just throw him on the fourth line saying, all right, well, then here's just a few minutes and here's a mishmash line. But then all of a sudden when you have a full roster and now you have your fourth line, which you expected to be that whatever you want to call it. Now, really, the only I see the the pickle that they're in. It's almost like it's top six or nothing. For me, it would be nothing. So this was his quote today, uh, Lane Lambert, after the game, um, after the practice. Excuse me, said today was today and tomorrow's tomorrow. So we'll see what happens with the line combination. So, and I think part of that is because Pajot did not skate. So if Pajot was skating, was that's a, a horoscope play. line. <laughs> today is today. Tomorrow is tomorrow. We'll see what the line combinations oh, so are tomorrow. Right, so what right, the hell is it. that? What the hell is that? That's like when people tell it is what it is. What does that mean? I could say that about anything. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go to trial. I'm, I'm gonna go to trial. You know, I murder five people somewhere. Well, well, well. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and it's called murder. Today's I, today and tomorrow's tomorrow. That was like that Thomas Hickey thing. Oh, it was it was a period where things happened in secession or whatever it was. It was a period of moments, <laughs> yeah, right? Do. <laughs> do you remember that? I remember that. But let's let's just play along here, right? So it was Lee Horvat Bailey, Parisi Nelson Palmieri, 
the identity line, Holmstrom, Ross Johnson, Engvall, and Hudson Fashion. So let's say tomorrow um, on Tuesday. Oh, you can't Pazio, play Ross Johnston. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not playing Ross Johnson. I'm saying Pajot is now in the lineup. Okay, so they activate him. They they make a roster move. Uh, right now, Koivula is day-to-day, and he's out. So maybe he's he's sent bent down, whatever it may be. So now, Pajot, where do you put Pajot in this lineup? So he's centering what line is he centering? Is he centering gar- Engvall and Bashing? Or is he back with Palmieri somehow? I'm trying to figure this out. Who, you no, know? he's not going to be with Palmieri. Um, you're probably going to put Parisi on his way because they were a tandem that worked well together. Parisi, you can tell he's filling in right now. It, it even feels like he's filling so why in. Why don't they do what we've talked about and just go all in and go Horvat, Nelson, and Lee? Well... I don't know. Ask the coach. <laughs> I mean, he was willing to to move bars well, out to the wing. Tomorrow, tomorrow, and the well, well, I, I, I told you we were forced into seeing that Sezikis was more valuable on Barzal's wing. We were fo- he would never proactively do it, and now once again he will not proactively do that. Now I, I would not want to do that on the road. What you suggest because you don't have the benefit of last change, so then they'll stack their best defensive unit against that stacked line, and now you need those other lines to come through, and now those other lines probably don't have as high of a percent chance of coming through for you when you don't have like a Brock Nelson on them. So I disagree for doing that on this little quick road trip. But what I would do is I would put Clutterbuck on that top line, so it's a it's a you know grind you down type of line. Then continue with more speed on that second line with Parisi. Uh, I mean, I guess you may have to leave Pajo somewhat on an island because you can move you can move Parisi down to his line easily. And now, unfortunately, though you have two straight lines who are kind of. Oh no! You you definitely put Holmstrom with with those two. Holmstrom should be playing with Pajot because they're both very defensively responsible, mm-hmm. and they that worked in tandem very well when they were playing. They had a couple games where they were a nightmare to deal with for the opposition. When you had those two and Parisi, they were causing fits for the other team, and then they can contribute sporadically offensively. That's a line you can definitely put out there. Then the question is, who do you put with in Parisi, Nelson, with Nelson, and Palmieri? Yeah, but it's not like Parisi's making everything happen on that line. So it's it's not like you you have the shooter in Palmieri, you have another shooter and somebody who can transition from uh, defense to offense with Nelson. You've really just got to find a little piece to stick in there with them that can hmm. hopefully contribute as well. I mean, if you kept it that way, it would be Lee Horvat Bailey. You can go. Fashion. No, I would have put Clutterbuck. I would have put Clutterbuck as my first. All right, one. so you go as a Lee Horvat Clutterbuck. And then Nelson, Palmieri, and maybe Fashing, and then no, I'm, le- I'm leaving that fourth line together because of how well they've played, or if you want to call it that, whatever you want to call it. Oh, so Sezikis, I'm leaving. I'm leaving Sezikis with Fashing on that line. Why? Well, I just don't understand if something's effective. Why you would dismantle that? So who does? So I, yeah, my third line would be Parisi, Holmstrom. Pajot, then the same fourth line. The only thing we're, we're looking at is a left winger for line number two. Right. Okay, exactly. And Bailey, Nelson, and Palmieri. <laughs> it's sickening. He finds his way it's in sickening. the top six. Uh, this, but you can't. It's, 
unless you want to unless the islanders have like the useless fourth line but when you have this lineup there it's not a useless fourth line but when yeah. you have one of the, like last game the engval baby yeah that's a useless fourth line you want to throw them on that it's, it's absolutely fine but when you have the fourth line that actually is going to be contributing and really putting their uh presence on the game and, and making their presence felt with those it's like, it's interesting to have this many uh moving pieces at this point in the season right now and coming off playing really well that you're kind of forced to shake up the lineup and reconfigure things based on people getting healthy and coming back it's not like clutterbuck and pajot came back and you knew exactly where to put them it has uh, other impacts and where the lineup is so you know, whether or not that was a contributing factor at all on, on Saturday night, we, we can't say. But, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this settles in. And then, of course, we're all watching to see if and when Barzell can get back uh, before the start of the regular season. The beautiful thing about the way they're playing, slash we're playing, we'll see if they still are playing that way, is the interchangeable parts make it a lot easier when you're playing that collapsing. It's not like... It relies solely on chemistry. You just got to know your role and shut your mouth, as The Rock would say. Do what you're supposed to do. Take care of the small details. The opportunities will present themselves. Hopefully, I know this is asking a lot for the Islanders. You can take advantage of special teams, score on a power play when you get an opportunity. You know, hopefully, maybe we'll see a little more of that in the near future. But I think that's what's allowed them to do all this line juggling and still churn out some results. It's just the same thing that I've been calling for since day one. And that is the structure and attention to detail on uh, attention to detail on defense. So now it's a great point out. in that you know we're we're they're looking for the right mix, but the right mix is not as a necessity as it would be if you weren't uh, playing the style that they've been playing over the last uh, eight, nine, ten games, where the parts are more interchangeable as long as everyone knows uh, their assignments and you try to play that opportunistic offensive style um, that uh, some people would say is boring. Um, of course, but uh, but winning never is. So I tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, I'll talk about uh, my trip to the Hockey Night in New York studios. A great time with Sean Cuthbert and Chris Botta. And I want to talk about the heater that Andy Francis has been on. I've been following him much more closely in the last couple of weeks than I ever had before. And I have some questions. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Joe Bono and Andy Francis will be right back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. We're back. Joe Bono, Andy Francis, Eyes on Isles podcast. Thank you so much for all the five-star reviews and, and keep them coming, the Beehive. We appreciate them. We got to come up with a name for the for the Beehive, your Beehive, which because I know you have your followers 
when it comes to your your gambling prowess. But you you need to come up with a name for these folks who are now tipping you insane amounts of money to continue to give them wins. Well, I've typically been calling them the sniffers because I call my picks sniffs and it just took off. I naturally, I would always say this with my friends through the years, like, yo, what are you smelling tonight? Like, uh, I'm smelling this and smelling that's what we're talking about. Like, I got some good sniffs. I've said that for years, just with a couple of my New York friends. And I just casually, when I do the YouTube videos, I'm just myself. And a lot of my terms just come out. I expect people to know my terms despite not knowing me. And some of them really <laughs> pick up and some of, some of them don't. And sniffs is, I started realizing people were DMing like, yo, what do you got for the sniff, sniff, sniff? Everyone was talking about sniffs. <laughs> so that became the phenomenon. So the only thing I've kind of been referring them to are the sniffers, but I need something better than that. <laughs> That's I need good. If the, what, you if like that? The sniffers? Be happy with the sniffers? Yeah. <laughs> they would love it because, you know, being a sniffer means you, you got good sniffs. So, And your sniffs have, have, have been very good. Oof. I mean, you focus on – I don't know the non-hockey uh, uh, sniffing of Andy Francis, but you've been quite on, on quite the roll uh, lately uh, with the sniffing because at first I was following you mostly on Twitter. And, you know, a lot of the guys that do what you do, they post up afterwards and – all the green check marks and you're like, okay, yeah, you're showing me the wins, but where, where are the, you know, when the losses happen, you know, not that you're not there, but if you follow you on Instagram and you're seeing this stuff kind of happen in real time, you know, it's just the end of the night summary of what you said earlier in the day. Yeah. I mean, the videos are on YouTube to be watched. And then I was giving one extra pick on uh, you, uh, Instagram to try to f- lure people over so that I can have more extra options. Snip. Yeah, a little extra sniff. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a late night sniff. Can you sniff. talk about this sculpture thing? Uh, so I was following you today, um, and uh, there was a, a sculpture, which I guess looked like a bunch of noses. Is that why you were attracted to the to the sculpture? So as you can see right now, as we talk every week, I build the studio here. I try to do things as professionally as possible. I always have tried to put a decent product out there. So you knew you were getting, you know, not just whatever it is that I'm doing. Let's say I'm doing comp, but you're also getting it delivered to you in a quality that makes it as enjoyable as possible. And my belief is if things are going well, like that Mr. Beast guy always says, you got to reinvest. You got to, you have to put things back into it. These people have been doing right by me. A bunch of people signed up for my Patreon. If you're going to give me money, I'm not going to just keep it off to the side and do my own things. I'm going to buy an absurd uh, perpetual no, that's the name of it, perpetual noses sculpture to have and add to the set here for what I'm doing. You have to buy things. it. I, I last check it was pretty it was a few hundred dollars, but are no, you No, not are, a few hundred dollars. If you were to type it in now, it's $1500. 1500. The only one I got was somebody like who essentially was was selling it on eBay, not eBay, that other one, uh, Mercari, Merce, I don't know, something like that. And there was just one available because this is a discontinued thing from 2006. <laughs> so if you want to buy it, it's 1500 And this one lady had it listed for $750. And I DM'd her saying, look, I know this sounds ridiculous. I know you're into sculptures and vases and art. I'm a guy who has a YouTube show 
and many times I refer to sports picks as sniffs. So noses are a topic of daily <laughs> discussion. And I would love to have something with a big nose or multiple noses. And I came across this. I don't want to insult you if this is truly your passion, but if you can find a way to come down to 250, uh, I will, I will purchase this nose sculpture that you have on here. And she messaged me back and said, if you can do 350, I'll do it. And then I put the poll out there on Instagram. Everyone, you know, they were going to say, do it. You knew yeah, they were going to slam and, dunk. And I believe you should. I believe you should. These people. I can't wait till done, this thing shows up now. Yeah, it will be here. And and if you're and at it's home like, right you know, now. If, if she was into art too, it's like, okay, you know, like someone curates their own art and has it in their home for a long time and they want to make sure it's in a safe location. They give it off to a museum where everyone else can <laughs> admire it. And this is kind of. Kind of similar. She could just she could just type in NHL bets on YouTube and see it whenever she wants. She said something I was dying at. She goes, "I'm I, I am I am sad to see this piece go. It's a bunch of noses. It's a bunch <laughs> of noses. It's like even abstract art that looks like a kid threw paint on a wall. Yeah. I honestly can see somebody having a harder time getting rid of that than a bunch of noses. This looks like it should be on double dare when it used to have that big nose with snot coming out. It's a bunch of noses. If you're home right now, if you type perpetual noses, that's the name of the piece. And if you hit the shopping tab, because if you type perpetual noses, it actually shows you multiple conditions with your nose. But if you type perpetual noses and then shopping, the only one that you can still purchase is for $1,500 at a store, but that's, that is it. You there won't it miss it. It's the first thing that comes now. Yep. Gone up. But how, how did you find this originally? Someone came across it and, and told you about it? How, are you just searching for noses all, all, all week long? I'm a weird guy, Ace, a weird guy. I obviously was looking for, I was thinking of a big double dare nose. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that yeah, Nickelodeon show. Yeah, so they had a big nose. And I just thought with the talk about sniffing, the same way you see the million dollar belt, the same way you see the Street Fighter, the same way you see the, the Mario box over there, just a nose in the background. It would make sense. So I did a deep nose dive and <laughs> the best thing by far, and it didn't come up initially because if I was typing in nose sculpture, no, but the perpetual noses I had to stumble into by typing multiple nose and all sorts of things oh and goodness. sculpture got me there multiple nose sculpture got you're lucky me this, you're lucky this woman came down in price otherwise you would have been like uh demi moore and patrick swayze and ghost with the uh with the vase and and trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to play and, and, and making it yourself in some way manually no. manually making it chain melody playing in the background that's really funny man yeah. um yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. I'm I'm excited that it's it's unroot. Hopefully it's it's wrapped up in bubble wrap and, and fragile and everything and is on there on and they take care of it uh wherever it's uh shipping from. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe Congrats so, on the you purchase. Know. You could have afforded the fifteen seventy five one if you didn't take your brother out to that dinner. Oh, I, night, maybe. oh no, remember the you have these scumbags here. on here who who it's like I'm I'm not allowed to say when things are going well. well People at home, 
I spent years scraping by trying to, one of the performers you read about in Los Angeles, scraping, 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 scraping. I'm finally far away from scraping. Can I enjoy it for five minutes? And a fool and his gold are soon parted. So if you want me, just wait around. I'm purchasing perpetual noses right now. I'll be back in the bunkers before you know it. <laughs> No, your career in Hudson fashion, it's just the career arcs are very, very <laughs> he's got a, he's got an interesting nose himself. Um, all right. Well, congratulations on the sculpture and, and your recent success. I'm still not betting. I'm still not uh, following anything. You told me, you know, uh, husband, father, I have too many, I can't get involved in all that yes. stuff, but I'm enjoying it anyway. I'm enjoying it anyway. So I'm, I'm rooting for you and they're on all the sniffers. I'm, I'm uh, thank you. like a, yeah. uh, a complimentary uh, or honorary sniffer. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. The best sniffs right. in life are free. T-shirts coming out, right? Yeah, we, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, merch. We can, there's a lot going on. We can. We there can is. It's and on. somebody and these people they really have some good. They're like, oh, they go, they go. You're releasing sniff drip. They call it sniff drip, and so many people ask for it that I'm actually making it. And this is nothing. Like I don't. I didn't want to, I'm a pretty busy guy. I got my job. I got other bunches. And that's not even my main job. I got a job. I do the videos and now I got the Patreon, but so many people were asking for, it, I had to take some extra time and learn how to make, because I'm not the guy where I'm just going to zazzle.com and hitting copy paste and that printing on a shirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got pro pro logos made that are pretty funny. And I'm going to get them done on shirts that are comfortable that you actually will wear around. Have so the nice doing that. gray, you know, American apparel. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. hundred percent. And uh, exactly. I chose dark Heather gray for one of the main sweatshirts and I'm getting, I ordered the test. I, I essentially ordered a test shirt to be sent to me. We're going to see how that is. And the goal is to Just release like two people lives. walking down the street, both wearing their big noses on their shirts and like they give each other like the little complimentary nod. Like, yeah. well, mm -hmm. When I had one of those incredible nights, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a weird guy. I open up with different ways. And I, I had the Joel Osteen opening where I was like, you know, ladies and gentlemen on this channel, sniffing is believing. And, and people started <laughs> saying that. So the, sh the shirt is a sniffing is believing with my hands up, like Joel Osteen praising the Lord. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Oh man. Um, all right. I just uh, kind of a segue back to uh, the Islanders. I hope everyone's enjoying that, though. We'll, we'll see what the reviews say. But I think the sniffers are, are, are helping, <laughs> helping our cause just a little bit. I think they're sniffing out some five-star reviews. The, um, I got um, on Sunday night, I got a chance to uh, visit the Hockey Night in New York um, studio. So if everyone, many of you probably know that show. Um, it's Sean Cuthbert and, and used to be Christian Arnold. And now it's Sean and Chris Botta and Stefan Rosler. Rosner is also now um, among the uh, rotating co-hosts as well. And they also have the MSG vignette of that show uh, has been running for one or two years. And it always looked at, wow, that's such a professional operation that they have to record these shows on Sunday nights because it's multi-camera, the lighting, the, the cards with the logo on it. And I finally got an opportunity to go on the show, talk Islanders, talk about the book. Very grateful to have me on. And I had the option to just do it on Zoom, but I said, I want to check this place out. So I went out to uh, Long Island to the studios and first class all the way. 
um, Floored Media Productions and Sean and Chris. And I just had a wonderful time with them. Um, obviously, the, the interview is up on YouTube and people can listen to that on the podcast as well. But I just wanted to give them a shout out because the commitment to do a show every Sunday night from 8 to 9 o'clock at that time slot in person, in studio, is a big time commitment. And uh, man, they do it. First run, I felt like you felt like you were on a television show and you kind of were. Um, it was great. And they run that on Twitch media uh, live where they take in questions and then uh, you can watch it on YouTube later on. But uh, I, had, I had a good time with them and, and chatting um, with them. And, and something I brought up, they had this um, segment called the Hero of the Week, which is sponsored by the Blue Line, um, you know, Bagels and Deli, uh, which everyone knows and loves. And everyone did who their hero was, Chris Ted Lane Lambert, because he said, you know, Lane Lambert has gotten through his first season. There was a point here where I wasn't sure whether or not he was going to get through the year. He's stabilized himself. He sounds like a coach who knows himself and his team right now. Sean went with Hudson bashing. And for me, I went with the fact that whomever was running the Islanders hockey operations, game day operations, marketing department, the fact that they got Shakira at the game on Saturday night, um, to me was incredible. And then now all the follow-up stories, NHL.com, the New York Post, talking about how Shakira is an Islander fan, pictures with Carson Daly, MJF is there, the AEW champion, all on a Saturday night. And I understand maybe for some people, who cares? I only care about the hockey. But you know how crazy that is for the New York Islanders playing in Elmont, New York, to have a true A-list celebrity be there wearing her Isles Lab you know, puffy hat. It's a big deal, I think, in terms of the direction the ownership group wants them to go in. And I just thought that was pretty cool. I don't know. Still doesn't top when Connolly showed up with DiCaprio with the low That's right, in Brooklyn. the front row. That's that right. was the best. Low brim DiCaprio front row with Isles. Yeah, like his cow hat on or whatever he was wearing. It was all yeah, like, yeah. He looked like a sniper just sitting on the front row. But he like it's always him. been, I mean, we love Macho and, uh, you know, Christy Brinkley used to be there and Carol Alt because of uh, Alexei Yashin and her relationship. And, you know, Gracie, uh, Grace uh, Morenz is uh, an Islander fan. She's also a Kings fan, too. So that's the big matchup for her every year coming up on Tuesday. And then you have, you know, the Jets were there during the playoffs. So you had that great moment with with Dan Feeney and, and, and Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, you know, and then they showed up right to the Rangers yeah. game. They went to the Rangers game the very next year and did the same thing. Exactly. That will never exactly. be. Never be forgiven because listen and i'm not i'm okay with admitting this some of the stuff that the you know that the rangers do and that you have that celebrity power at the stadium you can be a little bit envious of it it's okay because you know if you're a knicks fan or you're a mets fan or you're a giants fan and you don't have this kind of rah-rah local community feel team like the islanders you like it when your teams have that type of stuff happening at your arena and like I, I would be at the, I was at the garden a few times for Ranger games and they would be showing a scene from like the movie Taken and it's Liam Neeson, you know, saying one of his, you know, his lines about he's a man who possesses the rates just went up. Yeah, that is what the name cool. I'm sorry, but that's what the name of my Patreon tier is. The Liam Neeson. Get out of here. I have no the idea rates just went up. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> But that stuff is cool. I know it means a lot. And they're trying to figure out more and more ways to make that more consistent. It's not exactly the easiest location, you know, for a celebrity to get to, uh, most likely, like it would be if they were spending the day in New York City and can go to the garden. But a, a big tip of the cap for them doing that. That was the one that kind of, I mean, 
that, that opened my eyes. I mean, Shakira was a, a big freaking deal. And I had just watched, I don't know if this is going to reflect poorly on me, but I watched the JLo documentary on Netflix about her, uh, the Super Bowl like show, halftime show. And uh, I was, just at least, at least lie and say your wife made you watch it. Uh, she wasn't even home. It was like she was out, the baby was napping, and I'm like, I'm going to watch the J-Lo documentary on how she uh, put on the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. So it was kind of yeah. fresh in my head, too. Uh, was it was it riveting? There's a lot going on. I mean, how can you not appreciate the fact they do all that like in 12 minutes? You know, all the moving parts and the NFL has to approve everything and got to match up the music. I mean, it's pretty amazing to do to be able to perform like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your game in six minutes. Yeah, hundred percent. I will say this: I know you're impressed about. It. I've always liked that the uh, when you do that. No, this is the like, conversation you want, Shakira, I you want all that stuff. This is the conversation I wanted to have. I'm just saying, like, you know, that that's a very Rangers-esque thing. Go ahead. Have Liam Neeson there. Have all these guys there. Ha wave at Bobby Bacala in the crowd like they always do. But when they win the Stanley Cup, they go in the city, and there's thousands of people. And when the Islanders win this cup, it's me, you, and 12 people outside of Chuck E. Cheese's. It's, it's near and dear to our hearts, and I kind of always like that. I like that when I go places, I tell them I'm an Islanders fan. They're like, what is it, like a Hawaiian baseball team? What is that? They have no clue what it is. And I love that. I love that I support a pro team that people don't know about because when they win, it's just ours to share, a few of us. And it makes it that much more special. And that's why I always have an affinity for the Hartford Whalers too because they were like Connecticut. They were the Long Island over there, you know? No, I, I wanted to kind of have this conversation. I'm glad you take that part because there is a fine line there where you don't want to completely lose it and just kind of be this, you know, fake, uh, you know, fan uh, bandwagon type of thing, especially with uh, the way the Islander fan base is. And that's really a local community type of feel uh, around a professional sports team. But they're big business now in UBS Arena. So if you if you really love the Heineken Terrace and the Dime Club and all the suites and, and all these other aspects of uh, what that arena gives to you, this is going to be part of that as well. And, um, you know, they certainly, I think, from a fan uh, um, ownership perspective, want to make the appeal broader than the current fan base, right? Every ownership group is going to want them to have their fan base expand both locally and nationally. And that's what they're trying to do. And it will be interesting to see of how successful they can be in doing that and how the fans that love like what you just talked about, whether or not that changes and whether or not that gets lost a little bit. And if it will matter, it's, it'll be interesting to watch over the next several years, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I believe that, will stay closer to where we, I mean, when you're from our team plays in long Island, do you know how many performers come from Queens, long Island, how many comedians? So you're always going to have uh, a contingent of Ralph Macchios and people like that. And, and Kevin Connolly, because just the sheer number of New Yorkers who end up being performers in some capacity or another. So it's not like, you know, how many celebrities are at the Columbus Blue Jackets games? So we're, we've always had more than them. That's true. And, and teams like that. I mean, the fact that we have a DiCaprio moment. How many teams have a DiCaprio? Do the Dallas Stars have a DiCaprio moment? I don't think so. <laughs> but we do. They had an Andy Francis moment back in uh, 2003, as we know. Um <laughs> 
Well, listen, uh, it's a little bit, we went very off the ice, uh, obviously, during the course of uh, the second half of the show, as we as we tend to do. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very fascinated with the business aspect, what they're doing with Isles Lab, the articles that have been out there recently um, about the, uh, the experience that they're trying to create there. And it's not necessarily about selling items at these high prices. It's about a different experience every time you walk in, if you're a season ticket holder. I think being able to see in real time how they continue to kind of evolve as an organization on the business side. Listen, the focus is on the ice, winning and losing is most importantly, but I'm a very interested observer to see how that continues uh, to evolve for this franchise. All right. So I think that'll do it uh, for this episode. It was great to see you this week. I'll try to maybe book you a week in advance now uh, at least. And so that uh, no one else can kind of take my, my spot or slot um, in your in your very busy lineup. And uh, hopefully by the time um, um, we're doing this again, um, there'll be a new addition right next to that uh, million dollar belt. Do you know yeah. where it's going to go? I mean, where it's going to go? You have to prop it up somehow. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to me. Uh, but we do have a major piece of news that came in um, about the Metro division. And I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen to us, but, but the, the Canes just, I believe, lost Andre Sveshnikov, who's their best scorer. I think he's done for the year. And without Pacioretty, like they were such a dark horse team for me where they were kind of staying under the radar and their style translates so well to defense. I mean, that's kind of a gift to anybody in that side of the bracket. They become extremely more beatable. Mm. And that's just something that uh, you got to well, think. Well, you talked about are, the seventh think spot the not being in the eighth spot. And you know, the seventh, my the argument always against that was, well, like, uh, the Canes, you know, the, if the Bruins are obviously a clear number one, the Canes have been playing like a 1A. And if they're a little bit more susceptible, it's even more of an opportunity for, you know, Pittsburgh or let's say the Islanders right now, two points behind with uh, two games less to play uh, than Pittsburgh here. Well, with, uh, you got to think the Devils out. are favored to take the number one seed in the division now. They're, 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 they're really? tied in points. So. They're tied in points. And now if you remove Sveshnikov the rest of the way, mm. I mean, it's essentially a race from now to the end, and they have one game in hand. But uh, trust me, I'm not a Devils guy. All I'm saying is that Metro bracket just became way – if you're a Rangers fan, I hate to say it, you're pretty happy about your prospects despite how poorly you've been playing. Can Pittsburgh, can Pittsburgh catch the Rangers before we sign off here? Is well, it doesn't matter because 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 they because then they're just flip flopping anyway. I understand that, but I'm just saying, like you know, it feels like it's been a lock. It's amazing, right? Because that, that two three Devils Rangers series that's felt like a lock now for three months, and now we're saying Devils can win the division and and Penguins. <laughs> you could have it. It could become a lock, but it become a lock the other way. It could be a two seven matchup possibly. It'd be wild. Yeah. Well, it's going to require the Pittsburgh beating the Rangers in both of their games. So right. they have to go two and zero. They play twice this week. They're going to have to win both of those. But with that, yeah, no, it's we'll, possible. We'll re- it didn't, we'll it didn't feel that. possible a few weeks ago. It, it feels we'll possible. Revisit now. that situation. And every right? game the Rangers can help out the Islanders. We know that they will. They will lose. Same with the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen. Thank you so very much. Great to be with you today, Andy. And uh, congratulations to you and all the the sniffers out there uh, who are listening and hope it's a very prosperous week uh, for them coming up. Um, You you did it like I normally do. I normally say good luck to you, better luck to me. I'll see you. (laughs) 
for Andy Francis. I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time on This Country. Good night. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.